um, when you're starting a company, you don't need to decide what you're going to be rather than you, you, you should actually focus on what is really going to sell and can you really add value pretty much. And in the process, can you learn? And it's obvious that uh, you have dreams and aspirations. And if they're very big, uh, you know, to create like, you know, a very large company, then focus on finding basically something that is very unique that you're going to do. And if you don't find it, and if you still have that really great ambition, stop. Like you, it's okay to close down the business, right? If your ambitions, but if it is not, then know in your heart that you still have built a company and have gone through the same pain what you know probably somebody who built facebook or google has gone through everyone this is devin miller here with another episode of the inventive journey i'm your host devin miller the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups in the seven and eight figure businesses as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, and we're always here to help. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Nikhil Joshi. And uh, Nikhil was born in India and uh, has a background in industrial engineering, um, started off uh, in that industry and started working or started a company right out of college. I think that was about 15 years ago. Um, and decided they wanted to grow, so grew a team, and uh, then eventually uh, moved to the U.S. as a part of that growth. Um, the business model is heavily uh, service-based and uh, made it a bit harder to sell, so moved uh, more to a product model instead of a service model, and uh, that has uh, been able to increase uh, the a bit of the revenue as, and also a bit of the direction, and uh, then Nikhil has uh, moved back and forth, I think, a bit himself between the U.S. and Indiana. I think he's now in the U.S., but he could correct me where I'm wrong, uh, but uh, by necessitation of how the company has uh, grown and evolved, so with that much as an introduction, welcome on to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So now I've taken a, a much longer journey and condensed it into a 30-second version. So let's unpack that just a bit. So with that, you know, tell us a little bit how the journey got started in, in India for you and uh, getting, your, getting your background in, in, in industrial engineering. So I think I was in my final year of industrial engineering, and I think there was an interview for a job that I'd applied for. And uh, it was a sales job. Uh, they asked me all technical questions and it kind of didn't feel right. So uh, I said, hey, you know, maybe we need to do, I need to do industrial engineering myself. And we just said, let's start a company. So back then it was uh, a, a classmate and mine. Uh, we, we said, just let's be contract industrial engineers. Uh, and that's how the whole idea grew. And we spoke to some of our professors, uh, some of our friends, and uh, nobody was really taking the entrepreneur route. Uh, so uh, everybody told us nice things on uh, our face, but I'm pretty sure everybody's saying like, these guys have gone mad. So um, uh, that's how we started. Uh, and I think pretty much in the first few months, we realized that uh, we had no experience. So we kind of didn't know what we were doing, uh, but uh, that sort of pushed us even hard to get back to, uh, you know, going deep in terms of what we could do, how we could uh, work and what services we could provide. And we kind of looked at uh, the industry more with an eye of implementation rather than 
the eye of what we probably studied back in college. And that's how it all started, uh, Devin. What, yeah, no, that's definitely interesting. Now, one, one question to kind of follow up on that is, you know, when you're getting, it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you were, you basically graduated from school and said, hey, we want to start a business. We think we can do it. And we're going to get going. You know, was that in retrospect, you know, give it, or I'll, I'll back it up just a bit. So if I were, when I graduated from law school, I thought that would have sounded interesting. And yet I would have been worried that I didn't have quite enough expertise or experience or mentorship or kind of seeing what others are to make that leap directly. So is it more of just, hey, we, you know, we're going to figure this out along the way. We really want to do a, a, a startup and do our own thing. We don't want to work for someone else. Or is it more of just, uh, hey, you know, the, uh, what else is out there doesn't interest us in the work field. We're going to do it or kind of what made you decide just kind of from, hey, we're going to get a degree and we're going to dive right into doing our own business. It was a bit of both. Um... Uh, and primarily the latter that you mentioned that, hey, you're not really seeing uh, what's out there in the market might be good, uh, like, you know, or what I personally wanted to do. Um, but uh, also the idea was not very big, right? Like if you see today's startups, uh, you know, the unicorns, the funding, <laughs> there's a, excuse me, there's a lot of process uh, that is attached to starting up a company. And back then, uh, we didn't have any of that. And our idea was pretty much so small to say that, hey, I just hope we can take what we know uh, technically to multiple manufacturing companies rather than just, you know, uh, being in one environment day in, day out. Uh, that's, that kind of maybe sounded boring to us and we just didn't want to be bored. Uh, maybe that was all up to it. And I think when you're 22, you don't think too much. You say, let's try and see worst case, you know, uh, you'll get back to whatever it is that everybody's doing. And the today, when I reflect back, I think uh, the ability to take risks that time uh, was more about how much willpower you pretty much had. And uh, if you have been brought up in an environment where, you've been taught like persistence, willpower, these kind of things. You're not really going to uh, shy away from taking risks. And uh, uh, I think that was the foundation that whether it was our college, whether it was family uh, or it was our community, we pretty much, I at least grew up in that kind of an environment where nobody stopped me from taking risks. And I think that that was uh, instrumental uh, in we just taking that decision so easily to say, hey, let's let's just try this. No, I, and I think that you know, I first of all, I think it's, it's admirable because you know, too often you get out and you're saying, oh, I want to be risk averse or I don't want to do these things, and then you always kind of it becomes kind of one of that putting it in the someday pile. In other words, someday I'll get to it. You never really get to it because you get bogged down with life, or you have a family, you have kids, you you become more risk averse than anything else. And so I think that a lot of times. Do, trying something out once you're just coming out of college when, hey, you have a lot less, you know, uh, family to worry about or kids to worry about. You don't have as many obligations. If you fail, great. You'll pick yourself up. You'll go find another job or you'll do a different business. And it makes it, you know, gives you that ability to navigate and try things out a lot more than you might later on down the road. So I think that definitely makes uh, great sense. So you come out and you say, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to try this. If we, if, it, if it's successful, that's awesome. That's what we want to do. If it fails, so be it, then we'll do something else. And so as you're getting started out and as you're kind of building that initially, 
how did it go? Was it something where you're able to start to get customers and get clients and you're able to build a reputation? Was it more of, hey, it was a long, hard slog and it was eating, you know, the beans and rice, so to speak, and uh, sleeping on the floor as you get it going because, you know, you're not making a lot of money. You're kind of, how did that progression go as you started to get going? Yeah, uh, I, I remember uh, uh, this story uh, or this incident, you know, which happened with me in the first two weeks of the business because that really shaped as to how I had to start thinking about the company, right? Uh, so uh, I made a few calls and finally somebody gave me an appointment. They made me sit outside like for an hour. Uh, and then finally they called me in and like, he was almost lost that, hey, why are you here? And I sort of gave him our company brochure and, uh, you know, uh, he, he, he heard me for like 10 minutes and uh, they said, how old are you, my son? And that whole response like kind of startled me because he was not really taking me as a professional. He just thought I'm some kid who just walked in and was trying to do something. That actually taught us a lot uh, or at least personally taught me a lot that, hey, you know, I need to go more prepared. Um, so those early days, like, I used to even like keep like a French beard just to look a little old, uh, just because, you know, uh, manufacturing uh, is primarily basically a lot of very seasoned, experienced people uh, were there at that time. Uh, as we see a lot of youngsters now, uh, you know, taking to manufacturing. Um, and uh, uh, so long story short, uh, in the first uh, three or four months, uh, our attitude was pretty much that, hey, We'll do whatever it is. All we knew was that we need to be in that manufacturing environment because those are our customers. And the more we could basically spend time in those environment, um, you know, we would learn. And uh, with that attitude, when we went, uh, people basically said that, hey, you know, we don't have that thing that you're offering, but we'd like, we are, we're looking for somebody to do this, something else, but, uh, uh, we are not finding anybody. Do you know? I said, we'll do it for you. Uh, so it kind of started off like that. And that sort of at least paid uh, our bills in the first few months. Uh, but we did not lose focus from what we wanted to do. So it, I think it took about six months where we really landed our first deal, which was like our core services product that we wanted to offer. And that kind of uh, got us going uh, from mm -hmm. there. So, uh, but we did not... Uh, uh, the, the only midnight oil that we were burning, like, uh, was on learning. Uh, so I would, if, I, if I'm doing, like, you know, six, seven hours or eight hours of, let's say, either building a website or talking to customers or, you know, working on a project or trying to basically garner clients, which is your day-to-day -day recurring mm -hmm. execution stuff. I was almost spending eight, nine hours uh, reading, studying, getting back to my books, trying to really make sense of whatever I'd learned and putting, how do I put it into application? Uh, given the fact that, you know, I started the company, you know, with zero industry experience. Um, also, uh, you know, we started uh, SNIC Solutions pretty much uh, uh, bootstrapped. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, we, I took some money, my dad gave me some money, uh, and he said, don't ask again, uh, you, but I, he, he did say that, you know, you don't need to worry about the house for like three years. Uh, so that, that was like a little bit of cushion that he gave, but which allowed me that whatever we earned from the business, we 
got an opportunity to invest back in the business. So those were some good uh, uh, opportunities that we got, uh, which allowed us to focus purely on learning and growing the business and remain focused. No, I think that that uh, definitely makes sense and sounds like uh, an exciting journey along the way. Now, help me, because I know we talked a little bit uh, as, you know, as we were before the podcast and uh, talked a little bit about your journey, but there was a bit of a, a couple things, a pivot and transition as things were growing to between, you know, being located in India versus being located in the U.S. And there was also a bit of a, an, a pivot or adjustment from services to products. So kind of how did that fit into your journey and kind of how did that go or how did, what necessitated that and how did that go? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, so uh, Devin, what happened was that when we started the company, we, we pretty much just wanted to be industrial engineers. And uh, essentially when we started, uh, the only way we could start off, you know, with the low cost, uh, investment was, you know, just offer services because it's pretty much our time that we are offering. When we started doing, one of the understanding that we got was that it's too time consuming. And uh, it also, if, if we need to have some sort of a scalability, uh, you just can't basically have service models with human capital. Um, also from the industry side, like what was the need of the hour for manufacturing was that um, things were becoming more and more complex in manufacturing for our customers. Uh, like, you know, if you see today, right, like you want to go and buy a shirt uh, 20 years ago, uh, you know, your options were limited. But today, like, you know, right from the fabric to the color to the customization, uh, that whole customization for manufacturing has just made doing manufacturing more and more complex. Um, so our customers were expecting us to be fast. They were uh, expecting us to be efficient. Um, and that's where we kind of said that, hey, you know, how, uh, what does what does our customer need? And that kind of was the thumb rule that allowed us to, you know, make pivots in life or in the last 15 years that we have made. And our first pivot pretty much came in the first year where the customer said that, look, uh, uh, when I budgeted the whole project, I said, we'll need one and a half years to do that. And they said, we don't have one and a half years. You've got three months. And that kind of inspired us to say, okay, now how do we leverage technology? And we started getting into reselling software. Uh, but as we started going, like about three years into the business, we realized that there are some rare, really complex problems to solve in manufacturing. And uh, that kind of don't need just like plug and play software like you know how we just use windows excel or powerpoint we can just buy the license and start using it you kind of need more like platforms and then you understand the customer's requirement and sort of kind of implement uh, to their needs and so that business is that the business model there is more of a system integration business model it's still a services model but uh, it requires a good amount of technical expertise to deliver what the customer is looking for. So that was our first pivot. Uh, and then as we started getting more experience and I sort of moved from being more of a hands-on person to having a team, we had other problems to, uh, or challenges to tackle to say, you know, how do we keep the knowledge? Uh, how do we make sure that, you know, we can do more of these? And that kind of uh, speared us into that, hey, uh, we're using basically 
somebody else's platform. We're giving these services. Uh, it's all fine, but uh, companies uh, are looking to do more of this. And that's where we started pivoting to product to say that what can, what is the intellectual property that we could build with just, you know, crashes the service time. Uh, if we are taking today six months, can we do this in like, you know, four months or later, can we do it in three months? So that kind of led to the next level of pivot to say that, hey, we need to have some intellectual property. Uh, fast forward today to 2021, uh, especially for post-COVID, um, the, the challenge that uh, is there, like if you, you must have been seeing in the news, right, about uh, all the supply chain issues, et cetera. Um, uh, so the industry is pretty much uh, uh, fragmented in some people uh, really needing some things very fast and some people don't mind waiting, you know, even if it is for a year. And with, the, with that kind of a uh, case, we are now going to another pivot where it's pretty much hybrid in nature where um, we would have intellectual property, but we would also have to give services. Um, and uh, some of them who have capacity in the hand, they would just choose to just do it themselves. Uh, given all this, uh, it allowed us to say, hey, we probably now need to take the next level of pivot to say that we need to decide on a business model that now works for us for the next 10 years. And that's how now we are pivoting to say that, you know, how do we productize more of what we know so that the customer has the option to choose what they want uh, rather than, you know, we telling them that this is how you need to work with us. And um, uh, that's how the pivots have been more from a technical side. From a personal side, the pivots have pretty much been like, I was, I was, the, uh, I was the janitor and I was the CEO when I started the company and uh, I'm now being asked that, hey, you, you can't attend this meeting. You please stay away from this meeting. You have to behave like a CEO. It kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of tough for uh, uh, someone like me who is like just being around, uh, being so hands-on. Uh, but I think that's the learning and the pivot uh, that uh, as a small business entrepreneur, I would give my two cents to any other business entrepreneur who is trying to scale or who's trying to grow his company that uh, you need to basically let things go, uh, you know, if you need to grow. Mm, no, and I think that that will, maybe we'll, we'll leave that one as just the, the one piece of advice. So we'll circle back to that when we uh, do the, the one, uh, one of the questions at the end and uh, we'll kind of, as a perfect transition or segue, kind of hit on those now. Cause I think that that brings us really up to speed and, you know, an interesting journey and interesting how to, you know, how things progress and how, products and services progress and locations and that all evolve as the business grows and as you have to adjust the, the adjust the things to grow with the business. So with that, let's uh, go ahead and we can jump right now to the to the uh, questions I ask at the end of each episode. So the first question I'm going to ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what did you learn from it? Uh, one of the worst uh, business decisions that... Uh... Uh, I made was uh, more uh, initial in my uh, uh, in my journey where uh, uh, there was a point in time where we got like a couple of large projects and then uh, uh, we said we are not going to invest in a team you know we'll just do this by ourselves and uh, we we didn't try to create an organization we were thinking more that you know 
if I am one person, I'll just have like two or three other people just like me who would do the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we didn't think of the entire thing more as an organization to de-skill, uh, have a junior engineer, have somebody senior overlook, have somebody project manage. Um, and and, and uh, those projects just overnight became tough because that's the kind of an organization and a setup that it, it needed for us to do those projects as well as, uh, uh, you know, scale as a company. And uh, I think that was one of the worst decisions that I took because uh, uh, I was thinking more like uh, a doer and not uh, uh, like a, a manager or a leader. Uh, and it, it, actually, it actually put us back like a few years uh, uh, in terms of where we could have been today. Uh, uh, and I would say that that's, 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 that's one of the worst things uh, that happened in the past to me. No, and I think that, you know, that's an easy mistake to, to make and one that we often do. And I've, I've made it with some of my businesses because, you know, one is you always tell yourself, well, I can, I, you know, one, I can save money and I'll get it done myself. Or two, I can get this done quicker than I, it would take to train someone else or bring someone else on. And yet what you end up doing is hampering the business because now, you're putting your time and effort on the things that you could reasonably offload or other people could do or could assist with and are not able to focus on other aspects of the business where you can really drive that value. So I think that it's one where it's a natural, hey, having to step back and say, how can I add the most value to the business and where's my, my time best spent? And then you're going to have to bring people on to offset or to do those other things that maybe your time isn't best spent doing. So I think that that's uh, both a, a mistake that's certainly understandable and one that is a great takeaway. Yeah. Second question was asked, which is what you kind of already touched on, but maybe uh, or we can dive in just a bit deeper, which is if you're going to talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, I, one of the things I've always, uh, uh, like a lot of people write to me on LinkedIn, they say, hey, fantastic story, et cetera. And then the moment I tell them that, look, you know, it's, uh, we we are still a small business after 15 years and their instant reaction is, why are you still small? Uh, why are you not like a unicorn, et cetera? And everybody who's starting a startup is kind of in the mode that, you know, they really want to build a very, very large business. And I always tell them that uh, you can build a large business, you know, if there's that much kind of demand and if you have hit on something like, you know, which nobody else is doing, but uh, the entire business community is not made of that. If you see the largest business community may, is made of small business entrepreneurs, uh, much like me and many others. Um, so one of the advices that I always hear people who talk to me and reach out to me is that um, when you're starting a company, you don't need to decide what you're going to be. Rather than you, you, you should actually focus on what is really going to sell and can you really add value pretty much. And in the process, can you learn? And it's obvious that uh, you have dreams and aspirations. And if they're very big, uh, you know, to create like, you know, a very large company, then focus on finding basically something that is very unique that you're going to do. And if you don't find it, and if you still have that really great ambition, stop. Like you, it's okay to close down the business, right? If your ambitions, but if it is not, then know in your heart that you still have built a company and have gone through the same pain what you know probably somebody who built facebook or google has gone through 
there's no dif difference. Uh, so that's uh, that's one thing I'd say. And the other other thing that I can share from my personal experience is um, one of one of our customers, uh, uh, CEO had sent uh, had had told me at at a very early stage uh, during my journey of entrepreneurship. I think this was the first three years of our business and. Uh, one of them said that, you know, Nikhil, my fear is that you started the business and you're going to probably quit in three years and go and join a job. Uh, and another one basically told me was uh, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, take care of your business because 90% of the businesses fail because of bad financial management. And both these basically uh, have stayed back with me because I've always made sure that, uh, you know, we managed our finances well, as well as basically, you know, I did not give an impression to my customers that I'm just going to quit because I used to look young and I had so many aspirations. So these two kind of stand out uh, uh, for me. And I'd, I'd really say that, uh, you know, starting uh, entrepreneurs or anybody who's getting into a startup uh, needs to uh, think of this. In my case, it's a funny story, Devin, that uh, the first three years when I was handling the whole business myself, I was very bad with finance. And then I got married and I, I happened to have my wife who had you know, a good background in finance. And when she took over those responsibilities, we, we kind of could see basically the difference in, you know, we starting to grow and starting to see money. Uh, and I would highly recommend uh, and if you're bad at finance, then yeah, get a partner uh, who really compliments you with the, the financial capabilities. No, I think that that is uh, definitely a great, uh, great advice and a great takeaway that uh, people can uh, get started with. So, well, perfect. Well, now as we wrap up, if people want to uh, reach out to you, they want to connect up and they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Uh, oh, anyway, uh, our company is SNIC Solutions. Uh, so uh, I'm available on LinkedIn uh, with my uh, LinkedIn details being linkedin.com uh, slash Nikhil K. Joshi, uh, as well as you could email me just with uh, Nikhil.Joshi at SNICSolutions.com if you uh, anybody's looking for any advice or any questions. And I'm very active on uh, Quora to answer questions, uh, especially related to industrial engineering, just for the larger community, uh, or even basically on startups uh, uh, or entrepreneurship. Uh, so if there are questions that could help a larger community, uh, I pretty much, you know, take that question, take the, those questions on Quora. Uh, but yeah, uh, this is where, I mean, if there are customers, I don't know, uh, uh, a better thing rather than to reach out to me, it's better to write to sales at snicsolutions.com given the stage we are at, uh, uh, my VP of business developments are going to tell me that Nikhil, you're not taking those sales calls. So, uh, that would be nice that if they could, uh, reach out, uh, with their inquiries, uh, at uh, sales at snicsolutions.com. All right. Well, I definitely encourage people to reach out to out to you, contact you, and uh, you know, use your services, uh, become an employee, and or just make a new best friend. So that sounds great. So, 
Well, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, make sure to, uh, if you, first of all, if you have your own journey to share and you'd like to share it, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com. We'd love to have you on the podcast and share your journey. Um, also make sure to uh, like, subscribe and share and leave us a review for the podcast. We want to make sure that everyone finds out about all these awesome episodes and the great journeys of all these uh, entrepreneurs and uh, and uh, startups. So um, now with that, uh, if you also, in addition to uh, liking, sharing, sharing podcasts, if you ever need help with any of your uh, patents or trademarks, feel free to go to invent or go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time with us to chat. And we're always here to help. Thank you again uh, for coming on the podcast, uh, Nikhil, and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks, Devin, for having me.